Yeah, we're going to do a bit of a double act this evening. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, a triple act. So uh, he's here, and uh, we get to just continue enjoying his presence. Um, wow. That's so good. Ha. <laughs> We wanted just to um, share this evening around the subject of living in the Spirit uh, and life by the Spirit. Um, huh. And uh, something that has just been opening up for me over the last uh, couple of months, and uh, I've been chatting with Sasha about it, and um, just as we've been talking, you know, it's clear that God's been showing us similar things, and uh, we thought, well, why don't we just... Uh, just share what God's showing us and uh, what he's teaching us around the subject of living in the spirit. Uh, something Pete taught on a few weeks ago um, on a Sunday morning, if you haven't heard the podcast. And uh, don't really know where this is going, uh, but I guess that's, that's how it works with the spirit, isn't it? A lot of the time. Um, but a few weeks ago, I, Emily and I have been doing the lamb course, uh, Love After Marriage, uh, here at Eastgate, um, this term. And uh, David and Kate Stevens. Uh, have brought that into our environment, David and Kate. Um, David's one of the directors, and Kate, his wife, um, a leading lamb. And um, it's just been so good doing that. Uh, I'd highly recommend that to anyone in the church who's married. Um, great course. It's going to be starting again. Uh, they've got a taster coming up in December. But um, it's funny, really. You go on lamb for your marriage, and then God adds so many other things uh, as well. And... Um, a few weeks ago, we did a session um, on spirit blessing, uh, blessing your spirit. And uh, in the context of lamb, obviously it's talking about spouses, husbands, wives, uh, just blessing one another's spirits, um, actually speaking to your, your spouse's spirit and, uh, and blessing it. And uh, we did an activation around that. And um, it was based on, there's, there's a book by a chap called Arthur Burke called Blessing Your Spirit. Uh, which uh, it kind of explains a lot of it, so uh, you can go away and read that if you if you want to. But we did an exercise where, as a group, we um, on on tables or on tables of six or eight, and uh, we we basically our tables eight, and uh, we got in a circle and got someone just to stand in the middle, and we would just get them to turn uh, one after another and look look you in the eye. Um, so say I was stood in the middle, just Look, everyone, look the person in the eye, and they would just bless my spirit. And um, it was just a very simple line to start with. I bless your spirit to lead your soul and your body. Uh, and then you just go on and you just release declarations. You just release uh, blessings uh, over somebody's spirit. I bless your spirit to be strong. Uh, I bless your spirit to hear what heaven is saying. I bless your spirit to be powerful. I bless your spirit to know the love of the Father. And as we were doing this and just going round, I could just feel it was like my spirit was a hundred foot tall. It was like suddenly this thing was almost coming out of me. There's the only way I can describe it. But one of the things I say tonight, uh, this is in process, okay? So you're getting process here. So it's, I won't have all the answers. We won't have all the answers, but you'll be getting a process. But it literally just felt, I felt a hundred foot tall. And it was like my spirit was just coming out of me. And as I was receiving and also giving, it was like my spirit was just kind of rising up inside me. And I just felt as I went away and it was like my spirit, it was like my spirit said to me, wow, you finally recognize I'm here. 
you finally recognize I'm here. Like, it was like I was honoring my spirit. I was recognizing my spirit. People were speaking into it. And as it was happening, it was like, whoa. And it just began to open my eyes to the fact I've got a spirit. And that might sound strange. Um, I would have always said that previously. But the idea of intentionally, like, getting my spirit to lead me. Um, and honouring my spirit, and recognising my spirit, and, and other people's spirit, and that their part in that, was just like, it's like I felt my spirit had been sat under my mind and my emotions, and occasionally it would pop up, <laughs> you know, a great time of worship, or, you know, prayer meeting, or I was prophesying, or, you know, we needed to pray for the sick, you know, occasionally my spirit might pop up, but realising then my spirit is called to lead me, and actually... It's raised lots of questions in my mind about, well, how do you do that? And how do you intentionally get your spirit to lead you? But lots of things have just begun to open up around that. And I can share a bit more uh, later. But I was just sharing this with Sasha and a couple of others. And as, as Sasha and I were just talking this through, it was clear kind of God was showing Sasha similar things. And I know Sasha is somebody I really uh, look up to. Uh, in this and in the things of the spirit and and what it is to to live from the unseen and to release the unseen uh, kind of into the earth and so thought it'd be fun for me to share some of my story but also for Sasha to share what she's learned in this in terms of how do you live from your spirit how do you live from the unseen what does that look like and how do you activate that in your life so I'll hand over to Sasha now who's just going to share some of her thoughts around this as well and then I'll I'll come back yeah, um, 2 Corinthians 4.18 uh, says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Uh, <laughs> so how does that work? Um, and I had this phrase, eternal perspectives. Um, it's working through my head, eternal spectacles. <laughs> oh wow okay yeah eternal perspectives that we we don't have to work our way into his presence we don't have to work our way into um getting him to do something through us or for us or with us or it, it, it. the question i had and it was, it was really sort of based around um the open heaven so we hear about jacob and uh, he has that encounter with God where he goes to sleep, head on a rock, which I think is pretty immense. Anyway, you can get to sleep with a head on a rock. But... And he has this encounter where he sees a ladder. We know the story reaching from, from earth to heaven. And the angels ascending and descending on that ladder. And then later uh, in the Gospels, uh, Jesus is gathering up his disciples. And he, he spots Nathaniel underneath the tree uh, in the spirit, he kind of spots him and then he's called and he says, yeah, I saw you under the tree. And Nathaniel's just like, how on earth did you, he's like, how did you know? Surely you are the son of God or something along those lines. <laughs> and, uh, and basically Jesus was saying, you think that's kind of impressive, paraphrase. Um, but what you will see is the angels descending and ascending on the son of man. So within that sort of context and understanding then that we have Christ in us, um, talks about the Christ in us, the hope of glory. Says that if we're united with Him, we're one spirit with Him. All of these sort of scriptures, and I started to look at it, and I thought, somehow we are an open heaven. 
And we've heard it. I don't know if you hear that teaching, you know, we, we are an open heaven. But I was just asking, like, well, what does that look like? How does that work? Because I, I kind of like to I'm going to work these things out, but I, I kind of have questions around that. And I suppose it started in the context of when you're um, out and about and uh, maybe have a word of knowledge, which is information that you couldn't possibly know about someone maybe in a queue, in a shopping queue, someone's got a headache, I use that example. And you have the courage and you sort of, okay, I'm going to ask the person. And they, they said, yes, I have. And you get to, oh, I said, can I pray for you? And the headache goes away. And, and you get to talk to them about how that happens and you introduce them to who Jesus is. There's that part of it that he's in us and he works through us and we have access and we can speak and command and do all of that stuff when we're praying for people but I started to think that actually there was an awful lot more to this and it was probably a lot easier as well in the sense of how much less work do we have to do and and it started a question around recognizing presence Um, recognizing the presence within because he's in us and then recognizing the presence around us um, and so recognizing the presence within is kind of sometimes as simple as you can kind of sit there and just give it a go. So I just let, let's 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 do that right now. Um, it doesn't have to look the same, but it's just a sense of recognizing who is in us right now. <laughs> so we were singing a song earlier on, the first song. And it was about Yahweh, and he's big, and he's massive, and all of the words in the song. But effectively, I was saying, going, he is awesomely big, yeah. and yet he's in us. <laughs> yeah. This huge, infinite, eternal, can't even get your head around how big he is, and yet he is in us. I'm not even going to work out how that works. But you start going down that road, and you're like, you're one spirit with him. And so, yeah, it started that sort of um, conversation of those sorts of questions. But then it was more a case of, okay, if you recognize the presence within, then what starts happening when you start recognizing presence around you? Or how is it that you can invite more of that? How is it you can become a landing pad for more of him, more of his presence? Um, So... So I started going down this sort of route of, I started to notice that out and about, it wasn't so much anything of a, along the lines of going up to people and, and having words of knowledge for people, but it was more being in conversation with people, talking about Jesus, talking about, as in friends, you know, talking about things that we've seen and noticing and starting to notice a change of atmosphere around um, and starting to see things happen along those lines. Um, yeah, I'll talk more about that in a minute, but it's that sort of awareness. Yeah, and for me, um, it was interesting. I've gone away kind of on the back of the experience I had a few weeks ago, and I just began to study kind of what it means to live in the Spirit and gone through the New Testament, just looking at the word Spirit, spiritual, um, just to see what it had to say about life in the Spirit. And the kind of life that Sasha is describing, the kind of way of living, of knowing God and what he's doing. And uh, I had a look through scripture. Interestingly, I also looked back in my journal. And uh, the, the lamb evening I was talking about was at the beginning, um, beginning of October. And uh, I just read, I went turn back and in September, so a month before, I'd had a dream uh, that I'd written down. I'd forgotten about it. But I just went back and it just said this. I'd just written down in the morning when I woke up. That this was about um, 
the kingdom of heaven is not eating and drinking. I couldn't remember the dream itself, but I just remember God's presence. And I wrote down the gist of it. The kingdom of heaven is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And then I just written down what is unseen is often more significant than what is seen. And living from the living from my spirit is so important. And I was amazed that God a month before had been speaking to me about the very thing that I was about to experience. And uh, one of the things I've realized is for years I've been kind of had this longing and well, for as long as I can remember this desire to be led by Holy Spirit uh, and to live by the spirit. Big S uh, live by the spirit. And um, I suddenly realized on the back of uh, the evening we had a few weeks ago that um, actually there was a missing piece of the jigsaw. That actually unless I recognized and honored my spirit, how was I to be led by Holy Spirit? As Sasha said, we're connected spirit to spirit. I didn't have a problem recognizing Holy Spirit. I didn't have a problem honoring him. But actually... If I'm led by my mind, my emotions, how can I truly be led by the Spirit? Actually, there's a missing piece of the jigsaw, which is my spirit needs to be in there. And I went away and I began to study and just look at this in Scripture and came across a few things I'd just never seen before. Uh, one of them in Luke 1, verse 80. Uh, this is talking about John the Baptist. I think we've got some of these uh, up here. But Luke 1, verse 80. This is John the Baptist and his dad, Zacharias, just prophesied over him. And then it says this. And the child grew and became strong in spirit. Little s, spirit. Not Holy Spirit. He grew strong in his spirit. And I suddenly thought, wow. So it's possible to grow strong in spirit. How, how does that work? I, I know about training my body or training my mind. But it's actually possible to grow stronger in your spirit. How do you do that? And began to look at other scriptures and in Romans 8 it talks about Holy Spirit testifying with our spirit that we're children of God. And in Ephesians 3, Paul talks about us knowing the love of God that surpasses knowledge. I'm like, how do you know something that surpasses knowledge? How can you know something that's unknowable? Because your spirit can take you places that your mind can't. And it's not that your mind and your body are unimportant. But actually realizing, no, it's our spirit that needs to be leading us. And it's our spirit that's connected to heaven. And it's our spirit that's connected in the way that Sasha's describing. And as I drove home, I think it was that night or shortly after, I suddenly thought, oh, that's how Sean Boltz does it. That's how he does it. That's how he gets these amazing revelation, if you know Sean Boltz. But substitute whoever you know who does amazing, crazy miracles uh, and prophetic stuff or whatever. I'm like, that's how they do it. It's their spirit. Their spirit is connected with Holy Spirit, the powerful God that Sasha's talking about, the unlimited one. And Holy Spirit is giving them things in the spirit. And it's not first kind of being filtered through their mind and their emotions, but actually their spirit is connected and there's this flow going on in the spirit. And suddenly realizing, ah, this is how the Christian life is intended to work. We're intended to live in the spirit uh, and by the spirit. And to, to recognize what's going on in the spiritual realm, which is what Sasha's describing. And Sasha, I'm interested to know kind of what you experience when you see these things or sense these things. You talked about atmosphere shifting or you talked about just taking a moment and 
kind of feeling God's presence inside. What is it that you notice? How do you, how do you begin to see or how do you see what's going on kind of in the unseen? Okay, so I'm going to make a lot of you probably very, very happy um, <laughs> because it's not something that I would say that I would do naturally. Uh, so that, that we've got friends, people we know who, who just see. See as in, and, and we need to broaden out what we mean by see, but if we narrow it down to physically seeing uh, the unseen realm, you know, I've got a f- there's folk that we know that can do that. Um, but if you broaden out what it means to see to your five senses, talking about the, in Hebrews talks about your five senses being trained, um, that the same way that we experience the physical realm through the different senses, you can experience it in, in the unseen realm in the same way. Um, so what I decided to do was I looked at the folk around me who were able to experience the unseen realm as such in, in, in various ways. And for a brief moment, I'd look at it and go, oh, I'd love to be able to do that. And then you have a choice of either going down the route of, to be honest with you, it's not fair. I didn't quite get that way, but it's, we're going to be sort of blunt about it, black and white. Or, that's amazing, that's available, and, and there's actually no reason why you can't experience that. But the interesting thing is, we are unique. So, whilst that's available... Um, what I think is absolutely amazing and fantastic is that when you start to move into that, it'll look unique to you. Um, so one of the one of the things I did was um, in um, school. So I was part of the day school uh, finished last year, and I started to uh, to draw a plan of the auditorium, and then I would just sit around here and. Um, I would I would say something along the lines of, okay then, um, Holy Spirit, show me what's going on in the room. Now, what I would do was, I, I kind of worked this out. So, words of knowledge I mentioned earlier on. So, generally, uh, with words of knowledge, um, predominantly for me it's been healing. And it's changing, and it has changed dramatically, and it's broadened out. But to starting off in that, I was reading these books about how you get words of knowledge. And one of the things they said is you go with the first thought and don't sort of try and think about it too much. So like the example with the headache, standing next to one, you feel they've got a headache, go with it, ask them they have, you pray for them, the headache goes away, yay! Um, it's amazing. So I decided, I thought, well, if it works like that for that, then surely it would probably work in every other area. So what I did was I sat there and I just said, okay, Holy Spirit, show me what's happening in the room. And I went for the first thought and I just started marking down areas where I felt there was something going on, whether it was an angel or some sort of presence or it was like just a heavenly presence. It's just, I don't know, I don't have the language to describe it because it's just that really. Um, and then what I would do is I would find people that I know see, physically will see stuff, and I'd go up to them, I wouldn't prime them or anything, I'd say, hey, um, in worship, could you tell me what was going on in the room? And they would then say, well, over there, we saw this, and over there, this was going on. And over there, there was this round globe thing with gold and these things coming off it. And I was like, like that? <laughs> and it was amazing, because that actually they described this thing that I'd drawn. I couldn't see it with my physical eyes, but I just went with what Holy Spirit was kind of showing in response to that going with the first thought. So that kind of, in terms of experimenting with it and with the attitude of the, the, the thing of, you know, we're sons and daughters. So it, the orphan part of me at times would have said like, oh, I don't want to do that. And it's not like, 
it's more a case of everything is available and open. And actually, ultimately, what is it about? Is it, It's actually so that you can experience him, experience more, but actually then so that other people can come into that experience. So it's not just about inside a church building. It's everywhere you go, you can do this so that other people can get to experience who he is, how good he is. Um, so, yeah, um, there's that. I mean, that sort of that sort of aspect. There's one thing you were saying earlier on about your spirit. And so, so we had this conversation and it's about talking about this stuff. And I said, I was at work. I work for the NHS. And um, I, Bill Johnson talks about having three-minute, two-minute vacations. And what he means by that is in the business of busyness of life, just taking that moment to do what we did earlier on, which is the hands out and let's just make myself aware of you, your presence right now. So um, I kind of got a bit busy and I was like, I hadn't even kind of, I was like, oh, no, I can't, I haven't got time. And I just felt God saying, it's actually a lot easier than you think. And I was like, okay, your spirit is in constant communion with my spirit, 24-7. It's just you're not aware of it. And if your spirit is in constant communion with my spirit, then it is having access to joy, to peace, to all of heaven, 24-7. It never stops. I'm like, oh my goodness. So that whole thing, I was like, you mean I have full access at all times, 24-7. And I'm like, that was like, they're talking about keys. How does that thing flow? How do you release heaven? How do you release the presence of God in that way? And that for me was a, was a big thing. That was only a few months ago, that sort of recognizing that side of things. Yeah. I was just yeah. thinking of the word access as you were, um, just before you shared that. I'm just wondering, Steph, if you could share your keys thing in a moment, uh, what you were sensing earlier. But I just feel like there's something, we're going to, I feel there's something significant about access that will just share in a minute but i just feel as well i've just been i've been for me this has been a huge kind of mindset shift and this whole thing of like being led by my spirit and for some of you that might sound a bit strange i don't know it might sound a bit weird like hmm that sounds a bit freaky um but i just began to realize i think in our culture like not just not church culture although I think it is in church culture, but in the Western culture, I think there's so much about the mind. We're so taught how to use our minds. And what I'm not doing tonight is dishonoring our minds, but I think it's Bill Johnson who says the mind's a great follower, it's not a great leader. And if we subject God to our human reason, uh, we'll put him into our box. Uh, our minds have to play catch-up. Okay? Spirit, our spirits can catch things way before our minds can. And I think our spirits get stuff and then they inform the rest of us. Uh, they inform our minds, they inform our thinking, they inform our, um, our emotions. But actually our spirits can take us places that our minds can't. And I just began to realize, I think just generally in our kind of culture, I can speak in the UK, but perhaps probably Western culture, certainly European culture, I think there's such a rationality. Rationality is so strong and we're taught to use our minds, which isn't necessarily a, a bad thing in itself, but... I think our spirits are just kind of kept under stuff. Um, and um, like I described earlier, like our, our mind sits over our spirits and we, we, subject, we can subject it to our human understanding and our human reasoning. And I just feel like God is wanting to release us to actually recognize that we are spirit beings. Uh, I've been reading a book by Wendy Backland uh, called Living from the Unseen. 
Uh, I went and bought it after God started to show me this stuff and just opened it up. I'd recommend it to anybody uh, on this whole area. And one of the things she starts out with is saying, we need to recognize that we are a spirit being with a body, not a physical body with a spirit. And that might sound like a small thing, but I think it's putting almost the emphasis onto us being a spirit being. Again, one of the things, just seeing where Jesus was on the cross, and he says to the Father, into my hands I commit, into your hands I commit my spirit. His body died, but his spirit was alive. And Paul talks about this. Paul talks about our body is a tent. Um, and we'll be given a glorious new body when we get to heaven, but our spirit, our spirit is the thing that lives on uh, eternally. And um, I think it's, a, it's, it's that shift in our mindsets, recognizing, wow, I'm a spirit. And it's my spirit that gets to see and participate in what's going on in the unseen realm. Crucially, we want to be led by Holy Spirit. But actually our spirit, as I said, it's our spirit that, if you like, is coupled with Holy Spirit that gets to bring us uh, along. We want to share keys in a moment, but Sasha, is there anything else you're... Yeah. Just to yeah, release, sure. yeah um, well, I was just thinking. Um, so Jesus, um, when the uh, disciples um, had the loaves and they didn't have enough, and uh, they had five thousand to feed, um, I started looking at that, and and there's a there's a line that says that Jesus um, looked to heaven and gave thanks. Um, and then he, he gives the bread to the disciples. And actually it's in the disciples' hands that it multiplied. But what, what fascinated me was that, that it said, like, Jesus looked to heaven. And when you look at the translation, look to heaven, it means looked into the midst of. And it says he gave thanks. And I was like, he actually lived in a realm where he was able to see and was giving thanks for what was available before it actually happened. Because that's where he lived. That he was seeing in that realm the whole time. And he was aware and aware of what was available and was able to release it. So coming back to the, the sort of open heaven stuff in terms of we are an open heaven. If we're sons and daughters and we're living in that open heaven, the access working through us, then the only thing that kind of, and we were talking, you were talking about the mind. So if that's our access point, we're, uh, we're one, we're one with Christ, we're united in spirit with him, we have eyes to see, ears to hear, to see what's available. Um, the only thing that's kind of going to stop that is our thinking. So if he says it's available and we have this open access and Jesus is our model and he, he basically saw what was available and was then giving thanks. So if everything is yes and amen, we were singing earlier on, everything is yes and amen in Christ, all the promises, all the declarations, everything is yes and we get to say amen. Um, so that if there's areas of our lives where... Um, I'll put it this way, I'll put it the other way. It's basically our thinking that, that stops that flow in that particular area. If all of that is available, then it's the area, this is what we think about a particular situation. So with regards to healing, it's God's will, it's God's will to heal. Um, and uh, we're not seeing something in that area. Sometimes it might be that we need to have a mindset change. There's lots on that subject alone. But it's just knowing that if everything is open and everything is available, then it's where am I, where's my thinking actually stopping that flow? That's the mind stuff. It reminds me of something else I've read in, in here, uh, which is Wendy was reading 
um, the famous passage in Matthew 28, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And she just says, I heard God say to me that Christians tend to think that making disciples is making people look and act like Jesus. Uh, then he, God, explained that to, be a, to really be a disciple, we must believe like Jesus. And uh, I think that's connected, you know, what Sasha was saying. You know, actually, believing is it's thinking, it's more than thinking. It's kind of what's really going on in, you know, in our hearts. But it's that, that, that whole thing has just got me thinking, you know, what, what does Jesus believe? What does Jesus believe about things? You know, you think of an area of your life. Think of sickness. What does Jesus believe about sickness? What does he believe about sickness? It's like, wow, that changes things. What does he believe about lack? You know, what does he believe? What does he see? What does he believe about the world around you, the people around you? What does he believe about your life? You know, and actually, yeah, I'm realizing that part of living... I feel like the spirit-to-spirit thing is like this, um, I just see this big downpipe right, that's just pouring stuff in uh, and stuff's pouring down. And it, it, in a sense, it's only us that can, can block that and get in the way, our thinking, what we believe. You know, our spirit is able to receive this stuff if we'll just allow it. Um, I've described it on the Kingdom Culture course a bit like the gears on a car. You know, it's like the motor's running. You know, you put the clutch in and it takes the gears out. I don't know exactly how it works. I'm not very techie. But, you know, the motor's running. And I think, you know, it's like heaven. The power is there. Heaven's there. It's it's moving. And the question is, will we line up with it? Will we allow ourselves to be lined up and actually the gears to lock into place so that the power can, 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 can flow? And uh, I just think that's so important. I wanted just to ask Steph just to come and share something. Um... Steph had a sense, a word about keys earlier, and I think it's significant in terms of access that we were talking about a moment ago. Yeah, um, just in kids' work, which is where I do spend my life, so sorry about that. Um, loads of the kids today, we went on a journey to heaven, and God gave us stuff to bring back, and lots of them had keys. And it started to kind of alert my attention to the fact that God was saying something. And then after the session, um, somebody gave me something that they'd found. And on top of it was this key. And it was really similar to the picture one of the kids had drawn from what they'd seen from heaven. And this key was not in a place where it should have been. Uh, It's hard to explain, but it was on top of something that it shouldn't have even been there. It didn't really make sense why it was there. And um, as I was preparing to come here this evening, I said, God, what are you releasing? And he just said, remember the keys. And, um, and I'd put this in my bag. And I just feel like God is giving you a key. And he's giving you a key that's for you. And it's going to unlock something for you. And it might be something that really kind of sprung out of what Sasha or Tim said. Or it might be something just really significant that he wants to release to you right now. But he is giving you a key. And it's going to open and unlock and give you access to something that you haven't had access to before. And that you haven't been aware of before, aware of that you even needed before for some of you. But he's giving you a key. So I'd like you to invite you just to close your eyes right now.
and allow your spirit to be in charge, not your mind or your emotions. And just ask Holy Spirit to show you the key that he's giving to you. Because he's got one that is just for you. And then ask him what it unlocks or why you need it. And then take the key and unlock whatever it is that he's giving it to you for. Literally, take your key in your hand, use your hand and unlock it. And go through into whatever it is he's giving you. And enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah, enjoy it. So I've gotten written here, so funny, angels are a key part. (laughs) 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 Uh, Angels ascending and descending. So that was the question that I had. How, How does that work? How does that work? Angels are a key part. Um, And I was thinking around this, and we have... um, we have no problem in believing that, that we says life and death is in the power of the tongue. And we have no problem in believing and understanding that we can open ourselves up to the demonic realm through things we say and things that we do. And that we can create, they call it landing pads or places where that, that, that uh, strongholds can develop. It dawned on me, I was thinking about this, why is it that we struggle to have the same amount of belief that when we speak blessings... That when we speak the promises, when we make declarations, that when we are actually partnering with what God says, that the keys, <laughs> that we create landing pads for the angelic realm, where they ascend and they descend. Um, and that for me is key. Uh, <laughs> hey! <laughs> In terms of what we can access. It's Psalm 103 verse 20. So basically says the angels, they carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Armies of angels who serve him to do his will. And we get to make those declarations and create landing pads to see the activity of heaven. And, and our spirit, one with him. And we get to partner with the angelic realm in that way. And that for me is, was one of the keys in terms of living out of that place. Uh, that's, that's really good. The other thing I just wanted to say on the key thing, um, and Steph mentioned that earlier, it reminded me some of you, well, those of you that were here this morning, will have heard, heard Pete sharing about a key. And uh, Pete and Kim have just got back. They were at uh, Apostolic Gathering uh, out uh, in uh, Redding, California, that was hosted by Bill Johnson uh, a week ago. And uh, they had a great time there. And while they were gathered on... Uh, well, actually, on their badges uh, for the apostolic gathering, the symbol uh, was a key. Um, the key. The key was a symbol uh, for the kind of conference. And um, someone found a key uh, somewhere random uh, in the room. And then uh, during the conference, and then someone took a photograph uh, just out the window. They were, they were overlooking mountains and a lake, and it was a beautiful uh, spot. And... Uh, then they noticed that there was a cloud in the sky, a cloud formation, uh, 
shaped like the key that was on their name badges, like this very old, ornate kind of key. And um, you may be aware that the 31st of October 2017 was the 500th anniversary. They reckon it was the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. So when Martin Luther uh, nailed uh, his is it 95th theses to the uh, the door uh, in Wittenberg, and that, as you know, created I mean that changed history. It's literally changed history, uh, not just church history but society. And um, somebody, one of the uh, people at the conference, just felt prophetically that what God was saying was that uh, Luther had nailed his theses to the door. Uh, and now, in this kind of, as, as the epoch was changing, actually what God's doing now is he's giving us access and we get to go through the door. Um, and I just really feel that there's something on that. And I feel what we've been talking about tonight is actually in line uh, with that kind of prophetic declaration. You know, this, I, I realized a few years ago that actually what Luther did at the Reformation was he kind of, the door just began to open. You look at church history, you look at world history through the Middle Ages and the Dark Ages, and it was dark. I mean, it was horrible. Um, and Luther and the Reformation began to just open the door. You know, we're saved by faith, by grace alone. It's a gift from God. We get to be saved. And, and it began to open the door that we can access God again ourselves. We don't need to go through somebody else. We don't need to earn our way. We actually get access to him. And it's like that door, for me, that door has just been opening over the last 500 years. The door of truth that Luther kind of began to open for us has just been unfolding. And you can see, if you look at church history, you see uh, you know, the, the restoration of uh, the, the spirit and the gifts of the spirit and the baptism of the spirit. You see the restoration of healing and how that's been developing during that, that period. And you just see, you know, in, in Ephesians, it talks about the church coming to maturity. And when we're mature, we'll reveal the fullness of Christ. So you just think what Luther started, well, it's not what Luther started. It started way before that. But, you know, there was something significant about what Luther did that actually the church now, we're getting to grow uh, into the fullness of it. And I, I feel like... Actually, what it, sons and daughters, it says if you're led by the Spirit of God, you're a son of God, you're a child of God. As sons and daughters of God, we, we get to experience and live in what it means to be Spirit-led and live by the Spirit. And, and I think for many of us, we're only just discovering and scratching the surface of what that means. And uh, I just want to pray for you guys. Uh, I want us just to release some stuff over you because I feel like that is what God's wanting to activate us into uh, and activate you into this evening. So do you just want to stand just as a way of kind of partnering partnering with this and uh, Sasha and I and Steph will just release stuff. Um, wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jeremy, would you mind just coming and playing as we do that? Thank you. Um, Whoa, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whoa. Whoa. I feel like this is like a graduation. Huh. This is like a graduation. It's like God saying this. It's like a, it's like a, or a school. It, it's like a school that God's saying, okay, you know, in, in, in school, we're taught how to think and we're taught how to do things. And it's like God's opening up a whole new dimension of who we are and saying this is a school of the spirit. 
This is a school of the spirit. Wow. And I'm just, I think for some of you, for some of you, this isn't new. For others of you, this is very new. But it's like for the, maybe for the first time, or it might feel like the first time, God's just opening up this whole dimension of who you are. He's opening up this new dimension. And he's giving you permission. You don't need to be afraid of it. You don't need to be scared of it. He is spirit. (laughs) He's spirit. Um, He's spirit. And he's made you as a spirit being with a mind and a body to think and experience things. But he is spirit. And I feel like God's just releasing you into the school of the spirit. (laughs) Wow. The school of the spirit. Whoa. He's just releasing you into that to to learn. You're going to learn like you go to school to learn. You're in the school of the spirit. Now you can learn and you can make mistakes and you can try things. And you can experience things with him. And you can find out from other people, how do you do this? What does this look like for you? What does this mean? Why does that happen? School of the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. I felt earlier on to share with you an encounter that I had at evening school a few weeks ago. Uh, We were hosting. And and what I invite you to do is, Jeremy's playing, is position yourself... As if you are beholding the one, beholding him, whatever that looks like for you, just upturned faces, beholding him, beholding him, beholding the one. (laughs) What I felt, what I saw at that time was as we were worshipping, faces upturned. And I was... I had this image and this picture of the seraph <laughs> before the throne. They have angels all about them, um, eyes all about them. Sorry, there are a lot of angels. Eyes all about them. That wherever they look, wherever they turn, they're beholding the one. They're right at the throne, before the throne. The peals of thunder, the lightning, the flashes, the fire, the flame, the presence the intensity of the presence of God. And they behold that. But something happened in what I was seeing where they actually turned, looked, and beheld our faces as we were beholding the one. And they seemed fascinated because what was happening was they were beholding our faces And they were recognizing in our faces the one that they behold. And Steph started with where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It goes on to say, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into his image. And this version says with intensifying glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit wow unveiled faces spirit to spirit seated in heavenly places face to face that our interaction with our heavenly father our interaction with the spirit of God our interaction before the throne would actually cause the angelic realm to turn their face to face our faces and behold in our faces the one that they behold wow 
Wow, the eternal one, the infinite one, the powerful one, the loving one, the gracious one, the compassionate one. <laughs> wow, that is who we are in him and he is in us. That the same glory he gave, was he, God gave him, he has given us. And we go from glory to glory to glory to glory. So Father, I thank you. I release right now that revelation of your glory. The revelation of your fire. <laughs> the revelation of your truth. The revelation of the power. And the revelation of the relationship and the intimacy that we have before you, before the throne. Wow, Father, Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for your presence right now. Increase it. Increase it. Father, I thank you for an expansion in our capacity (laughs) to even start to comprehend, Holy Spirit, that we would comprehend how high, how deep, how wide. Wow. Infinite. Um, I just felt God giving us each one of those passes that says access all areas. (laughs) Yeah, so I just want you to put that on. Your access all areas passes. There is nothing and nowhere that God has um, barred you from. There is nowhere in him. There is nowhere in heaven. There is nowhere that he says you can't go. And where he's not going to take you. There's nothing in your relationship with him that is not available. Yeah, there is not, nowhere is not available to you. You have access all areas. So I just declare over you, you have access all areas and there is nothing that can separate you from him, from his love, from anything that he has for you or anything that he shows you. So I just take off of you any separation, any separation, because you have access all areas. You have access all areas. And Jesus, I just ask you to take us deeper and further and higher this week. That this week we will be more aware of you in everything that we do and everything that we are and everywhere that we go. That we would realize in greater measure the access that we have. I never answered the question, how do you strengthen your spirit? But one of the ways is worship. (laughs) One of the ways is worship. Speaking in tongues. It also says when those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. And they'll rise up on wings like eagles. They'll run and not get weary. They'll walk and not faint. How How do you do that? How do you run and not get weary? The picture of rising on wings like eagles is one of being carried by the Spirit as we wait on the Lord our spirit with his spirit is renewed is strengthened and uh, I just want to release that over you guys as we finish I also just want to just bless your spirits everyone in this room I just bless your spirit to lead your soul and your body I bless your spirit to lead you into all truth as you follow Holy Spirit I bless your connection with Holy Spirit and I just bless the access you have that your spirit would 
would show the rest of you, would reveal to you the access that you have and the connection you have with the Father, with Jesus, with Holy Spirit. I just bless you as spirit beings to live one with God and to access everything he has for you, to access power, to access abundance, to access love, to access joy. I bless your spirit to access all of those things and to bring them into your reality, to bring them into the seen realm that your mind and your emotions, your body. I I bless your spirit to receive healing power. I bless your spirit to receive restoration of things that have been lost. I bless you to live as children of God, led by the Spirit of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.